Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Recover Your Soul. My name is Rachel Harrison. And this is a podcast offering inspiration, strength, and hope through the tools of recovery, spirituality, and positive psychology. I started recoveryoursoul.net after having profound positive changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share these tools with others through this podcast, as well as offering personal coaching and spiritual counseling. Personal recovery does not need an addiction to use the tools and principles to better our lives and transform, just the desire to make positive changes and grow. I'm an ordained minister, and I continue to study and deepen my relationship with the spiritual principles that have brought me a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. I know that together, we can do the work to recover our souls. One of my first episodes in my first season was on the subject of the judge. And I recently unpublished that because the sound quality, before I had learned all the things I've learned about sound in this journey of creating a podcast, was really poor. And so I wanted to revisit it again because it's such an important piece of the soul recovery process. And I wanted to just unpack the aspects of the judge that I feel have been really important to me to get an even better and better grasp on how that affects my life, how it helps me in ways, and how it holds me back in other ways. So let's take a look at the judge. So when you think of the judge, what do you think about? Do you see someone sitting behind a big desk with a gavel in their hand in a courtroom where people are pleading their case? And in the end, the gavel comes down and someone's determined to be right and someone has been deemed to be wrong. Someone has been found guilty. Somebody has been found innocent. What does judge mean to you? I think there's two aspects to the judge, maybe even three. But the two main aspects to the judge that I feel are part of spirituality and soul recovery are the internal judgment that we have for ourselves and the external judgment that we have that is the judgment of other people or how we are judged by other people. Let's unpack the internal judgment first. So at the Unity Church that I've attended for the last 20 years, talking about that internal judge has been a lot of the talks on Sundays. It is such an aspect of ourselves that until we even know that it exists, we just think it's our mind. We think it's the internal voice. We think it's a real voice. We think it's true. That that voice inside of us that is saying, 
not good enough. You didn't do that right. What are you doing? Who do you think you are? You weren't smart enough there. Oh, you don't look good. You don't compare to that person. You didn't do that right. You didn't do that right. You're not enough. You don't have the worth. You're not lovable. That is the judge. Those voices inside of us that don't think that we're enough. And interestingly, the voice of the judge comes from our childhood. It comes from the place of our parents, our guardians, our teachers, the important people in our life who were trying to keep us safe. There are rules to the world. You have to watch where you're walking. You have to look both ways before you cross the street. You need to know not to touch hot stoves. There are rules that keep us safe. And if you look at how someone is parenting a one and two and three-year-old child, the whole conversation is about those rules. To be quiet, to not do this, to do this, to not do this, to do this. That is the voice of the judge. And we carry that voice forward. It grows in strength and becomes its own continued dialogue in our minds over the years, over time. And if we're not aware that it's an outside voice, it can feel like it is us speaking. It is our true self speaking to us. And if you're one of those people who luckily doesn't have a a judge who speaks poorly to you, wow, are you lucky. Most of us have a judge that can be brutal, just brutal. I asked my husband this morning, we were talking about the judge, and he said, oh, I've got the external judge of other people, but luckily I don't have one that is really barking at myself inside. I thought that was fascinating. How interesting is that? I had the opposite. I had more of an internal judge barking at me, and my external judge was different. So what is that voice? Can we step back and listen to it in a different way? Can we observe what it is saying without having it go into our soul as truth? And as you start to hear that judge more as an external aspect of yourself, something different than who your true whole self is inside your being, you can start to decide if what it has to say is true. Is it really true that you aren't enough or that you didn't do something quote unquote right? Is it just trying to keep you safe? Is it trying to keep you from stepping forward into something big and scary because it's afraid of what might happen? I think the judge tries to keep me small quiet and small. My judge doesn't want me to get hurt. So on one level, thank you, judge, for caring enough about me to not want me to get hurt. But I don't need you speaking to me like that. I don't need that voice that replies back to me. Did you do that? Okay. Oh, did that conversation go all right? I think you could have done that very differently. Did you make this okay? Why did you say that? Why are you doing that? Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. That voice inside can be an irritant. 
kind of never-ending banter that is going, going, going. But I have found that as I have recognized it over the years, even before I did my deep recovery from alcoholism, that thank goodness that I was learning about the judge from my Unity Church for all those years where I could step back and think to myself, oh yeah, that's the judge. There it is. I don't need to listen to you today. And to speak to it as if it's another aspect of myself. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. I'm not listening today. I'm strong enough. I'm excited to move forward with this. I know that I have the strength to move forward with this. I'm good. I got this. And then the more that I've gotten in touch with my higher power, the more that spirit holds me, the less impact that judge's voice has on me internally, the more it really feels like it's something coming from way back, way back in my mind. It's my small little girl who's afraid. And my grown-up self has the strength and the energy and the wholeness to protect that little girl and let her know that it's okay, that it's safe. Everything is under control because it's under the control of higher power and I can let it go. So then what's the other aspect? The other aspect is the external judge. And that comes in two forms, right? It comes in the form where we are thinking that we know better for somebody else. And we're judging what their house looks like, if they're doing their career correctly, what their clothing looks like, what they are saying, if we think that they're smart, if we think that they know what they're doing, if we think that maybe we have a different way that they could do something. All of those are external judgments that we have on somebody else. And we all have them. So again, if you're one of those people who is able to not judge somebody else, you are a saint. I don't know what it is that we have inside of ourselves that that has that peace, but we all do. And again, it's like this external aspect that you can look at and say, oh, wow, I am really judging that person. I am, I'm all over that. What's that about? Why am I doing that? What is the purpose of trying to judge that person's life? And I know for me, what I realize is I was trying to emotionally protect the people that I loved in my life. And that's okay. But the way that I went about trying to quote unquote help them by having too many opinions, opinion being what I think versus advice being when they ask for my thoughts on something, way too many opinions on how someone should do something. And this piece that I felt responsible for the happiness of the people around me. I felt that it was my job to make sure that everybody else was okay. And because I felt that heavy, heavy weight of responsibility to make sure that everybody else felt okay, I couldn't help but judge whether the way that it was already happening was the right, quote, right way. And it's because I loved them. But when you look at it, if we're reflecting back to people, there's reflection, right? So 
if you're in a relationship with somebody and you have a friendship or a spouse or a parent or, you know, whatever interpersonal relationship you have, and someone is asking you to mirror or reflect to them, you go to a therapist and you say, hey, help me reflect and see the stuff that I need to change in myself and so that I can make those changes. We're asking for that. But generally the relationships, those interpersonal relationships we have in our lives, that other person isn't directly looking us in the eyes and saying, Rachel, please reflect and mirror back to me what I'm not seeing. So somewhere in it is this judge that we have that we think it's our job to reflect and mirror for them what we think is the issue. But that other person doesn't feel that way. What that other person feels is judged. They feel that you are making a decision, right or wrong, about who they are and how they're behaving and how they're acting. Well, I don't know about you, but when I get in that situation, I get defensive. I protect myself. I stop sharing. I don't feel safe. So what happens when the safety is lost in a relationship? Often the person who is the quote unquote judge, right? Whether you're thinking that these other people's behaviors or, or the manner in which they're doing something, we get more aggressive about that because we want them to get it. We want to show them how it's done. And that other person retreats more and more and more and more. And you can only imagine what their inner judge is saying to them. Oh, that person doesn't know what they're saying. And I can't believe that I have to be around this person. Oh, they're just all over me. And then they become all over themselves. And that internal aspect of themselves, I'm sure, is just screaming all that negative crap that somehow we are so willing to give to ourselves. I was recently talking to a friend and she said that a safety mechanism that she had was to be harder on herself than anybody else could be so that no one could hurt her. That's powerful. That we can be so hard on ourselves to protect ourselves from someone else. It makes me cry. And then the judgment that we have of other people on us, how painful that is. And it can be little things or small things, but generally we just all want to be seen for who we are and loved for exactly who we are. And that judgment that other people have, it can be subtle. And Sometimes they're helping us, and sometimes we don't have that strength in ourselves to be that adult self who's protecting that small child, and even the smallest things can just feel like like a knife in the heart. And the healthier we get, the more able we are to really do one of the four agreements, which is to not take things personally. I love the four agreements, but it's really hard to not take things personally. And it's also hard not to think that we know the better or right way for somebody else. Fashion's kind of a funny thing to talk about, but how much we judge people for what they wear. Some quote unquote right way to wear clothes or to be dressed or fashion instead of embracing everybody for their own uniqueness of whatever that is. And I love that in the last, oh, I'd probably say last five years, years in particular, 
fashion has become really all over the place. And it's really allowed for people to be whoever it is that they are. And the kind of quirkiness has been embraced. And how awesome is that? But it's easy to immediately judge somebody for their hair or for their clothing or for the car that they drive. All this external stuff of how we judge people when really all we all want is to be heard and recognized and seen on the inside. So those subtleties of how we allow ourselves to internally beat ourselves up, how then we externally can be thinking that we're being helpful to somebody else by pointing out to them what they could be doing different or better, how we do that, what's the manner in which that happens, what is the mental health of each individual, where are they at in their individual relationships with each other and with ourselves, it's complex. And there is no judge sitting behind a bench with a gavel in our mind in the larger sense of the word. All of this is internal. Each one of these choices that we make of how we're going to connect with somebody else and mostly how we're going to connect with ourselves allows for a more healthy, whole, true connection all the way around. And I think the more that we work on our internal judge first, that voice that we have inside of ourselves that is so hard on us, then allows us to be able to really recognize the voice that we have for someone else, to someone else, the judgment that we have for somebody else. And then to have the strength to hear more correctly the judgments that people may have on us. So those three things are really interwoven. They're really intertwined. And there's this opportunity for them to either be cleaner and healthier, or for it just to be a mishmash of cords that never get untied, that is just awful. So which one do we want? I know for me, I'm working really hard to get my cords all straightened out. When my husband and I were talking about the judge over coffee this morning, we were talking about that aspect of the reflecting for someone else. And he had this piece of him that kind of always wanted to go back, especially with the kids, and go back and, and kind of show where where things went awry. And nobody liked it. I didn't like it. The kids didn't like it. Because you can't go back and change anything. And so this sort of feeling like we were going back and having to rehash it and feel that shame and guilt again was really painful. But it doesn't mean that you can't go back and reflect on things. There's a difference between reflection and questioning in your own mind where you were at. What was your thought process in that? How could I have done something different that is different than the shame of somebody saying, this is where it went wrong. This is the place where this didn't happen correctly. And 
my heart is just so full of gratitude for the work that Rich and I have been doing because he said this morning, he said, wow, this is the first time I can really see how hard that must have been for our kids. I was really trying to be helpful, but I can see now that what that felt like was shaming and judgmental, right? There's the word, judge, judgmental. What's our motivation behind it? If we're pointing out to somebody how they're not doing it right, is there something in our own mind that constantly is pointing to us internally and saying, you're not doing it right? Well, as I like to say, the only thing you have control of is you. So if only thing we have control of is us, then we need to start with that internal voice that is all over us and allow ourselves to be curious about it. Step back from it. Look at where that started. What is it trying to keep us safe from? What is it trying to reflect and mirror back to us? Is it a healthy voice? Is it giving us insight? Or is it a voice that is from the past that's full of shame and guilt? If it is no longer serving us, can you start to quiet that voice and allow it to let it go? I think through prayer and meditation and connection with higher power, that voice can get quieter and quieter and quieter and healthier to give us the reflection that we need, but not to be the one that is shutting us down. And then we can go out in the world and stop shutting other people down and be curious. There's so much growth that happens in soul recovery, and it's just one little layer at a time. And I can't tell you how amazing it is to me that I feel like every time I learn a new thing, it makes me see all these other pieces, that all these other things come back together. And I go, oh, 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 yeah. Okay. And it's looking at my own heart, my own mind, and letting go so much of what responsibility I felt that I had to manage and make sure that everybody else in my life was okay. I really want everybody in my life to be okay, desperately. But it is not my responsibility for that. My responsibility is to be the wholest, truest aspect of myself so that I have the light and the space and the bandwidth to be present for them to listen. The more I listen, the more that I watch somebody else come up with the solutions on their own. And the more I push for what I think the solution is, the more I watch them shut down and withdraw. So take a look at your judge. Be curious. Observe the inner judge and the outer judge. Maybe keep a journal so that you can understand who's speaking. Whose voice is that? Because it's not your true self that is speaking. It is another aspect. I'm so grateful to have this amazing Recover Your Soul community. I'm so glad you're here. Each week, new people are coming. And what a gift it is that we want to recover our souls. Isn't it amazing? I know for me, my life four years ago 
was so dark, so hard, so full of pain, so full of judgment, so full of just never ending crisis and anxiety. And this work that I've done, quitting drinking for me was an absolute must and I wouldn't trade it for anything now that I have this part of my mind. But my relationships are so much more real. My relationship with my husband is like night and day from what it used to be. My ability to connect with myself and to be present for people is a gift that I I didn't have before. There isn't crisis in my life. There isn't anxiety. I took anxiety medication forever. Well, it turned out the anxiety was in my mind. I'm reflecting on me. I'm doing my internal work. I've let go of the judgment of the world around me. And as you come into this journey with us, I hope you'll be part of the community. Subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Give it a review. Let's get out to more people. Let's connect with more people who want to do this work so that we can be lights in the world. I have a Facebook page and it has a private group that I would love for you to join. I'm just getting going with that and learning how to connect with everybody. Do you have questions? Do you have stories to share? Do you have your soul recovery to share? Share with us what's going on with you. I want to know. I am so excited that it's not just me speaking, but it is us coming together to connect together. The website recoveryoursoul.net, you can subscribe so that you can get updates in emails. I have original music and I sing. And so if you want to hear any of my music, you're welcome to listen to it there. It's a whole package of us coming together. Do you have a blog that you want to write? Do you have an entry that you want to put on the website of, of your journey? I'd love to post it. If you have any questions, you can email me at recoveryoursoulnet at gmail and let's connect. This isn't just me talking. This is us doing this together. We're in it together. And I'm excited to hear your stories. So pay attention to that judge. And until next time, namaste. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode offered you tools, guidance, and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. For more information, please visit the website recoveryoursoul.net. There you can find more about Rev. Rachel, book coaching or spiritual counseling sessions, read the blog, listen to her music, connect to social media, as well as subscribe to receive updates. We thank you for supporting the production of this podcast by donating on the homepage. We hope you'll follow us on Instagram and Facebook and become part of our transformation community. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.